Welcome to the TLT Movement Podcast, a podcast for tomorrow's leaders today. In this episode, we are sat with Riley, who is a TLT alumni that went to our conference in 2022, this past year, and she is a shining example of what TLT program can do for a young person. I think she's a walking, breathing testimony of tomorrow's leaders today, leadership qualities being infused into the youth. So we're just going to have a conversation with you today, uh, Riley, and get to know you. All right. Thank you so much. I'm blessed to be here. Anything challenging is going to be hard. So what? Hard can be the new fun. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Who's going to carry the boats? Endeavor to persevere. If you want to be a good leader, you have to understand human nature. I never look back. It distracts from the now. Now you look a little nervous. Are you nervous to be on the show? Slightly. <laughs> that is okay. So I, I just want to chat with you as far as uh, what your life looked like before and what you experienced during the conference and then what your life looks like now. And so let's start with now. What What does your life look like right now? Right now, my life looks like a dream, like a dream I've always had, like Everything I've ever wanted has fallen into place by the grace of God. And I just feel like um, it just keeps getting better and better. Even if even if the days are hard, even if I'm still going through um, reprogramming my subconscious, even if I'm still accepting my, my new identity and, and who, who I truly am and who God says I am, I feel like um, my current situation is it's it's so much safer than where I've ever been in my life. It's it's so much. I've I've learned so much. I've had so much time and room to grow, even in just two months. And I've lived here for about two months. I live with the Hazims currently. So the Hazims they they put on the conference each year. Um, the Dr. Andrea Hazim is the CEO and kind of the the mind behind Elevate Life and TLT and and she has invited you after the conference to come live with her. And yeah. so you kind of get to live with your mentor. It's it's wonderful. I It is awesome getting to live with my mentors. I'm learning something new every day. My days are structured. I've never really structured my life in such a way that was um, beneficial. Um, it was. It's a big blessing to get to live here and to get to be welcomed into their home and getting to see how um, their life how their life is structured and also getting to work for TLT because now I work for Elevate Life and I'm become an ambassador, a um, TLT ambassador. I'm a TLT ambassador now and I get to um, see behind the scenes of what it's like to run this thing and get to um, be a part of something so great and so big. It's something that it truly feeds my soul and my spirit. That is so awesome. Yeah, so when when I volunteered this year at the TLT conference, I... Remember, I came up to you during the week and I said, you are like the number one person that I'm noticing here that is all in. Like you really are going all out. You're super into the activities and you you look like a sponge just soaking it all in. And and I actually, over the past couple months um, after conference, have been spending a lot of time here. So 
So I'm kind of a nomad right now, and I, I travel around the U.S., and I, I've been spending a majority of my time in Florida between Fort Myers and Fort Lauderdale. And when I'm here, I'll, I'll, I stay at this house, too. And so we've kind of gotten um, acquainted as roommates in a way. Yeah. And so I've gotten to know you, and it's 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 really quite amazing to see how you've taken these tools and and ran with them, and uh, just how your life's been transformed. And thank you. And as I've gotten to know you a little bit, I've I've gotten a, a look behind the curtain to what your past life looked like, because now you seem very stable and happy and um, capable and. As you said, like you, you have a structured life and it seems like to me, like this is just who you are. But as I've kind of um, talked to you and learned about your past, like it, it, it did not always look like this. Yeah, definitely. So, definitely not. It's so so take us back. Um, I'm a new creation. Where? <laughs> yes. Where where did you live um, as a kid? Um, I grew up in Las Vegas. I was born in Utah in a very, very tiny little city. Um, and I actually lived in Florida for about a year when I was four or five years old, um, back and forth between here and Utah for about that year. And then when I was six, I moved to Vegas and I ended up growing up there. I've been there for the past 12 years. Like Um, you mean like Las Vegas, like, yeah, straight Las Vegas, 20 minutes from the strip. (laughs) 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 It's a, the city's very small. So, so, so it sounds like diverse though. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when you were at. Um, TLT conference, you were telling me how you lived on a farm in Nebraska. Yeah, so um, I have family out in Nebraska, and I left home beginning of this year. I had some, yeah, I just left home beginning of this year. I ended up living in Vancouver, Washington for a few months, and, mm. um, you know, had some personal stuff to work out there. Then I ended up getting a call from my uncle around April, and he was like, hey, I need some help out here in Nebraska. Like, come help me out. So I went out there and I was I was basically a um, an apprentice for construction workers and I he was buying land and just doing his own thing and I was helping out. Um, and I worked on a farm. So, so it was wha- really fun. So what after TLT, why didn't you go back? Well, after TLT I did go back. I went to c- two camps this summer and they were like 5 days apart. First one was TLT, um, most prominent and um, right after both of those camps and I, I went back home and I was like, Lord God, where do you want me to go? <laughs> like, um, I ended up surrendering my life and my faith grew exponentially during that time. And I asked God, what do you, where do you, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? My mom calls me up the next day, literally the next day after I made that call. And she's like, Hey, I want you to come home to Vegas. Like come help me finish up your RV. I, I bought a trailer, a, fifth, a little fifth wheel, mm-hmm. um, end of last year. And um, she's like, yeah, come help me out. Finish it, finish building it. And I was like, cool, okay. So I worked some stuff out in Nebraska. Uh, and the plans there just kept falling through. So I was like, okay, so the Lord really wants me to, to move out of Nebraska. So um, I ended up telling my, my friends from TLT, like, hey, um, I'm leaving Nebraska. Let me know if there's any, if you know anybody I could stay with. The next day, Dr. Andrea called me and she's like, when are you coming? <laughs> <laughs> we have a space for you. <laughs> so funny. I was like, wow, okay. So I I felt I felt such a strong call to to move out here. I ended up visiting my family for a month in Vegas and moved right out here afterwards and it just lined up so perfectly. It's it's been a beautiful 
experience and a beautiful past um, four months. Best four months of my life. Like this has been the best year <laughs> of my life. And it's the last year of being a teenager or being a kid. So um, it's just not that, you know, you're, inside, but. you're what? 18, 19? Yeah, I'm 19. I'm turning okay. 20 next month. Very cool. All right. So you've kind of painted us a little bit of a scattered picture here. So we're, I'm, I'm seeing that as, as a kid, you kind of moved around a lot, re- relocated f- across the entire U.S. continent, oh. practically, yeah. to a degree. Yeah. And uh, you spent a majority of time in Las Vegas and city, you know, downtown strip, gambling, yes. you know, yeah. money, drugs, all this stuff, right? Yeah. Very prominent there. You've, you've been talking a little bit about your family. What, what was your family life? Um, like growing up? Um, my family life was very... I did not have a normal childhood. First, I'll start off saying that. I had a very... Um, how do I describe it? Be as honest very, as yeah. as you want. Okay. Um, I'd have, I grew up in a very abusive household and my mom worked three jobs and um, from ages like four to four to six she was a single mother um, and her and my father were getting a divorce and you know she's raising three kids by herself and she was only like 18 Mm. you know Um, 18 19 I think she had my young my brother Christian when she was 21 and um at that time, we, w- we ended up moving to Vegas, and um, we ended up having some serious, I guess I should maybe get into it a little bit, but. As much as you're comfortable okay. with. Um, yeah, so when I, when I was six years old, we ended up moving in with this uh, this man. He was very abusive, and it was very hard um, for my family, and my mom was working so much, and she was never really home. You know, she did the best she could, and. Along for a lot of my life, I, I blamed her for that, and I had I held a lot of resentment and unforgiveness that she wasn't around as much as I needed her, you know, because uh, she was providing for us in, in other ways. Because the men that were taking that father role in our lives were not present, they were selling drugs, abusing me and my brothers at home, um, sleeping all day, just never really there especially emotionally. So uh, from a very young age, I had completely disassociated from life. Everything was, um, everything was automatic. Like I did what I was told. I was a very angry child. I didn't really communicate growing up unless it was through an angry interaction. Like I was constantly yelling, very aggressive, um, because I was confused in life. I was scared. I, I had no protection growing up and um yeah I I went through I went through a lot as a child and I I held on to those feelings for for so long um and and as a child you don't really know how to to handle or process some of the things that I went through I went through a lot of physical and um, sexual abuse and, and and as a child you don't know how to mentally handle it you you just think oh this is this is somebody that loves me and that's supposed to protect me and, and care for me. Yet they're, they're treating me like they would treat mommy. Like it's weird. It, it was just a lot growing up. So, um, 
yeah, the only emotions I ever felt were, were angry. And I used to think about dying all the time. I was like six years old sitting in, in my room playing Animal Jam for hours on end. Like growing up, that's all I would do was, was watch videos on my iPad, like just um, completely disconnect from the world around me as much mm. as possible, as much as possible. And um, I would play this game called Animal Jam. And if I wasn't playing that, I was just like playing with little toys and just thinking about like, I would take a bullet for every person in my class. And like, I would go through scenarios in my mind about how I just didn't want to live anymore. And I didn't understand why. Mm. The, the whole time it was like very unconscious, conscious thinking. It was just, it was very interesting being on the outside now, being a conscious individual now and looking back and being like, wow, there's so much I missed. There's so much I, I didn't understand. As you describe this, I'm I'm seeing you as a person, as an embodiment almost of a generation of of young people that have maybe experienced physical or sexual abuse and um, been contemplating maybe um, idolizing suicidal thoughts and tendencies and playing on their iPad. And I mean, I I know. Growing up, for me, I, I spent a lot of time online, a lot of time. And, and back in our childhood, it was kind of the Wild West where it was like unfeathered access. You could just yeah. find and see anything. And um, this definitely, I know speaking from a place of I, I mean, it, it messed me up a good bit. And and so I can only, and I, I had parents that I felt um did a very good job. And so, I mean, I can only imagine the double down of this not feeling safe and then the disconnect, um, being online and, and all this stuff as, as a kid would, would be tough. And I, and, and I know that you're not the only one because as I talk to more and more young people, it seems like this is fairly common. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's not, it's not good. It's not fun. Um, but but how how did this upbringing affect you as maybe a teenager g- growing into yourself and and who you are meant to be and all of this like like before you came to TLT conference what what did your life look like what did what was your mindset was it similar to when you were a kid I definitely want to touch on that um, this disconnect from reality and our generation dis- detrimental Mm. definitely detrimental Um, and I feel like that fed into um, me being unable to cope or process with the world around me and um, that addiction to escapism really played into my my teenage years Um, I found any way I could just to forget I found any way I could just to numb myself and um, and lose myself because I I didn't even know who I was enough to to lose myself but I was already lost, but it's like um, I did it as much as I could to forget, and I, I took a lot of um, substances, and um, I struggled with addictions a lot growing up. Um, if we can go further into that, I, I was a yeah, yeah, I was um addicted to like psychedelics and Adderall. I, I would never really, um, I didn't want anything else other than to just be high and go about my day as if the world around me was not there. Like, it's it's just like what I learned. Because I know that ages one through seven, um, 
is when your neural pathways are being formed and programmed in your mind. Um, and because that's how I coped as a kid, through escapism, just block it all out, forget about it. It's not there. Um, is what I did in my teenagers, except um, starting in middle school is when my depression got extremely bad and I, I um, and my, su- my, my suicidal thoughts were at an all-time high during middle school and freshman, sophomore year. Um, what, what kind of friends were you attra- uh, attracting into your media life? So um, growing up, I was very isolated. I didn't really have friends. So when I started middle school, I made one really good friend. Well, I made two really good friends. Um, one of the relationships wasn't that healthy. And uh, I, I w- welcomed a lot of, of darkness in my friendships because I didn't really know. I didn't have boundaries. I was very caught up in trying to please everybody around me so that they would stay, so I would have friends, so that I wouldn't be alone um, because I already felt so alone and just lost. And, and it was all subconscious. It's never, it's never like I actually consciously thought about these things until later and realized what I was doing. Um, up, up until like three years ago is when I really started that journey of like uncovering what I've become and what what trauma had formed me into and, and now finally being able to put a stop and be like, hey, what am I doing? <laughs> but um, the kinds of friends that I, I, I drew in in high school, they, they encouraged me to do drugs. They were also lost in their own trauma and completely isolated from the world. I was in the, the group of kind of like outcasted kids, just kind of trying to feel their way through through life with their trauma and still even still even going through stuff during high school and middle school. Um, all that pain. It's like nobody knew what to do with it, so we would all just sit in a room, do drugs together, and that's what we did with it. And it wasn't it didn't help any situation really, other than that's how we felt connection to each other. Mm. Heavy stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I did. Did you and your friends ever talk about your your suicidal thoughts and all that? Yeah, I mean, I had I had this. Um, I was always the friend to pretend my problems weren't really there, so I tried not to talk about them as much. Um, I tried to hide the fact that I was very suicidal and hurting myself, and I tried to um, just be there for others. And um, I, I had this one friend in in high school who was very suicidal as well and we were trying to keep each other accountable in some sort of way and um, I remember like going to her house one day and she wrote a whole suicide note and it was on her bed and I was like what is this and I read it and I was like this was in freshman year of of high school and I was this is when I started doing drugs and I was like blown away I was like wow this is she's thinking about it so I would constantly worry that my friends were gonna like you know off themselves and I'm over here like thinking about the same thing so there was no resolve and I tried to get help throughout the years but it was like blind leading the blind blind type yeah yeah so looking back on it do you do you maybe have any advice for somebody that would be a young person in high school maybe struggling with this stuff like like what knowing what you know now what would you do to kind of help yourself and others that that are going through this and I know that's a very loaded question, so so we can uh, go back to it. But okay. I just am curious what, what you think about that. Yes. So 
I guess maybe another way to think about it is like, how how would you go back and, and what would you tell yourself and tell your friends now that you're um, in the place that you are now? That the longer that you try to escape it or run away from it, it doesn't actually go away. That you can't actually escape from it until you look at it. And it, at that point, it's not escapism. It's it's fighting the battle that's there. Fighting against um, wanting to dissociate. Fighting against the reality that you are hurt inside. And and that can change. Because one of the battles of the mind is like, oh, my situation's never going to change. Right now is, is all that matters. And it's going to look like this the rest of my life. And, um, and a lot of times, um, me and my friends would speak death over each other over our lives and, and the power is really in the tongue and um we would just t- constantly speak death over, over what our does lives, speaking so. death look like um haha i'm gonna kill myself like even joking about it that's speaking death because the subconscious doesn't really the subconscious is very logical it takes things as is so I- even if you're joking about it your subconscious doesn't care your subconscious is like oh i want to kill myself like mm. and it replays we would say stuff like that like Ah, oh, you're you're so stupid. Like, just putting each other down all the time, even if it's like a joke, or even if we were serious. Like, um, I tried to stick. I was like that one f- mom friend that was like trying to stick up for each other. Like, hey, that's not that's not okay. Like, stop. <laughs> but um, even just even just the music that you listen to, they're speaking in those in those songs. They're singing about money, sex, drugs, shooting somebody. Just like all that type of all that type of um sin and just darkness that wickedness is just that that was prominent in our lives and um i would tell i would tell kids that are struggling that that it is possible to change and you have more power over your mind than the enemy leads you to believe that escaping isn't truly escaping and the more you push it off and the more you push it down the more it's going to hurt the longer it's going to hurt um it's like if you leave a thorn in your hand and you're you're just going to leave it there you're just not going to pay attention to it because it because it's hard to get out yeah it might hurt to get out and um to face your problems head on as as she said might might be a little too much to handle might be too hard so i would highly recommend that that you talk to somebody seek seek some help from a trusted adult. Um, I would go to somebody whom you want to be like. Um, yes. I think a lot of adults in this world are emotionally still children. Mm-hmm. And so to look to a, an adult that you aspire to be or that you want to be like, if you don't have anybody like that, there there are hotlines, there are, there are ways to get help. And I know that that is daunting. Um, and not fun and i know um i i've struggled with some of these thoughts before and for me at least it was like well if i call somebody like if i call a hotline or or i i go see a therapist then it's then it's real and yeah. i and, and i have to admit, admit to myself like oh yeah these thoughts are real when i want to pretend or tell myself oh no 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 like i'm good like like, yeah, I think about it sometimes, but, you know, I know the real me is is happy. I know the real me is good. I don't know. Um, so, 
<laughs> it's a heavy topic, but I think yeah. it's one that tomorrow's leaders today need to hear and uh, that young people, I think, deal with more than not. And if you don't deal with it yourself, somebody in your life might. And you can see telltale signs like I know comedy and, and joking around can be used a lot for this type of stuff because they, they don't know how to handle this stuff. So they use what um, we like to call like a chicken exit where it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to say like, hey, man, like I'm so sad. I'm thinking about killing myself. Use some other coping mechanism to joke yourself around it or, or yeah. And so to look out for stuff like that and take it seriously enough to know that you're not going to be able to help them yourself if you're also a teenager or a child, but to seek advice. So I think that that's great. So yeah, it's, it's also important to hear your view on that too, because it also shows the viewers like there are more of us that feel yeah. that way. And I struggle with the same battle because I mean, the enemy, the common enemy that we face is not very creative. He uses the same tactics on everyone. And if mm. he can trick you into thinking a certain way, then, then he's, then he's winning the battle. But in retrospect, he's already lost. But it, it's important to um, get together and actually like we can fight this thing together. And you know, we're all going through speak such life. similar thing and speak life over each other. Wow, yeah. Speak life. It's it's surprisingly fun. Mm-hmm. And even if you think it's a little cheesy, and your friends think it's a little cheesy when you tell them like genuinely that you love them and w- the greatness you see in them mm. and what yes. you like about them and their strengths. You speak. I know if I were in high school talking to my friends that way. They'd be like, stop being weird. Like, like you're, you're like, that's goofy, but they like it deep down. Their subconscious like, is like yes. thirsting for this, this language because yeah. it's not common. So true. And I, I think that's because of social media's cringe culture. Yes. Like it's the whole cringe culture. Oh, like, even though that's what everybody wants and they talk yes. about, oh, we need to be kind to each other, but they want to pervert it and say like, it's cringe. Like, it's, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's. That's how my friends were in high school too. So I definitely can relate to that. I think a lot of teenagers are like that. I think most of our generation. (laughs) Yes. Like, like, I I feel like right now we're, 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 our audience is mostly teenagers and and young adults. So I, I feel like this is a very common theme here. The, The, the love that I've felt the past few months has been exponential. The love of God has penetrated my life and every, terrible thing I ever went through I would do it all again because God is so good and all my dreams are coming true because he is exactly who he says he is and he has never once left me or forgot about me and I feel like that's something our generation needs so deeply is that sense of oh I'm someone someone loves me enough to to never leave not just somebody not just just someone literally the creator of everything how amazing like he's so good and amazing he's just so good and amazing like i would it's just crazy because it makes it all worth it like i would do it again just just to fall in love with him all over again it's and i know he's gonna do great things with it like yes yes i it's it's making me cry right now because it's so true it's like i got this download the other day where it's like i felt this I wrote a blog about it on my site, thedanieldebrinkit.com, quick plug, um, about how I just, I felt like God 
told me, he's like, the anxiety right now in the youth, the mass spread anxiety, it's not because of the phones and the vape or the the social media or whatever. It's it's a spiritual battle. It's yeah. it, or a lack thereof. It's a lack of spiritual understanding and it's a lack of God in your life and you're feeling and you're worried about the future because you don't have a security. So true. And we are interpreting this as anxiety. We go, oh, I'm struggling with anxiety. I need a pill or I need weed or I need to drink or I need to have sex with my partner or whatever it is yeah, to escape this anxiety and you attribute spend hours on social media and things like that. Yeah, scrolling video through video games. That was another yes. thing I struggled with for a long time. Yes. All in the name of trying to escape anxiety because we have these feelings. It's like there's a root cause. You don't have a headache because your body is lacking aspirin. Yeah. There's a root cause <laughs> and we're trying to patch it up. We're trying to patch up the sinking ship with band-aids and wondering why we're still sinking. Literally. Yes. Literally. So, we talked about your now. Mm. You live with your mentors. You're, you're, you're feeling amazing. It's been the best four months of your life. Talked about your past with your turbulent childhood and the abuse and the escapism. Mm-hmm. I also do want to point out the past four months, they have been the best four months of my life, but that didn't mean they were easy. Mm. I went through many trials and tribulations, many difficult situations that really tested, um, really tested the new programs that I've, not even programs, like the new neural pathways that I'm forming in my mind. Let's talk about y- yesterday. Oh, yesterday? Yeah. You used to smoke cigarettes and, yeah. and, <laughs> And this week, you you got a little temptation. Yeah, it's been an on and off temptation, and, and I fought it real hard the past month. I, I quit during TLT. On the third day of TLT, I um, my friend, one of my closest friends, she, she took my vape out of my hand. Here. I went to her. Thank you. I went to her because I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to vape anymore. I'm tired of being addicted to this all the, all the time. I'm always thinking about it. I get anxiety when it's not around. I even wrote a poem ab- about a personification of of nicotine and what it's it's like done. So if we can talk about that after the story, definitely. yeah, you can remember. Um, my friend took it out of my hand. She took me to the to the front of TLT's like hotel and she chucked it in the trash. She's like, "You don't need this anymore. Not where you're going." And I was like, "Wow!" I felt so. I felt wow, I can really let go of this addiction. I can really break through. And that's not that's been so hard for me in my life because I've struggled with addiction for so long. And I was like, there's a really, there's truly a possibility. And in TLT, they talk about, they talk about letting things go. They talk about reprogramming your mind. They talk about the effort. It, it's also an effort that you have to put in. And you know. So that's amazing. That TLT showed you that you can actually break through in a detection and even though that you've had four months of being here at the Hazim's house and and going through this transformation these this it's a lingering thought it's a lingering yes. program still running course in your mind and you actually ordered some not cigarettes but like yeah, it is some smokable herbs because I thought it's not nicotine I'm done <laughs> with nicotine I crave it I craved it so hard that I was like I don't want to go back 
I don't want to go back. Maybe if I just smoke something else. Maybe if I just turn away from all I'm learning now to go back and look back at my old life for a second just to smoke a little bit, just to relieve myself of some stress that that it, it would be fine. It'd be worth it because it wasn't weed or nicotine. So you bought like a... like a, a little um, like Molin wrap. Yeah, just like something offline that, yeah. that, that was smokable but not yeah. quite either or. And so it got shipped to the house and... And Dr. Jeff, the uh, Wait, this is so, this is very personal. <laughs> continue, I mean, continue. it's it's, 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 it's part of the it's testimony, real. right? It's real. It's real. It's like he found these things, and he was like, "What is this?" Actually, I told him. Okay. So yes, I have a tendency where I, I'm in a moment in my life where I'm like completely been broken down and being rebuilt. So everything I feel like I might be doing wrong, I go to my mentors and I'm like, "Hey." I'm open and I'm honest. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do here? What do I do? like? You know, I I'm I'm being I'm being reparented in a sense, even just being rebuilt. My all my thoughts, just everything. I'm a new creation. You know, the Lord is doing great work in me. But um, yeah. So I I did I did go to him the day after I bought it. And what did your mentor tell you? And he told me. I was going to have to make a decision that um, I don't need to go back. I don't need to look back. There's nothing for me in my old life. And we've talked about this many times because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a struggle. It's not easy. And, and it is something I, I have been fighting against is going back. Like, don't go back. There's nothing for me back there. My old life had nothing to offer me. Nothing. I, w- I was suicidal, depressed, um, did so many drugs. Like, I never even wanted to work on myself as a person, um, was just angry all the time, um, didn't want to practice my gifts of like drawing, writing, just there was nothing back there, right? And now I'm at a point in my life where these are all new avenues for me. Like I can look at it all differently. I can experience life in a new way because I let go of I, I let go of that old life because God changed my heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Doctor Jeff, he gave you the option. Yeah. He. Oh, yes, he did. He gave me the option. Um, when it came, he he, he didn't just take him and toss him in the trash and go. You nope. you can't do that. No. He, yeah. He said, "I'm gonna. This is from. <laughs> this is from the devil. <laughs> he put it in the air. He put it on the table or on the desk or whatever. And he was like, I want. I'm gonna leave this here for you to make a wise decision. And he left it up to me.'" Whether I was going to follow, whether I was going to choose the light or I was going to choose the darkness. The darkness being smoke again. The light being don't turn back. What did you do? Um, I met up with a friend. I had it in my bag all day and I was thinking about it. Oh my gosh. And it was very hard. I, w- I kept thinking I could just pull over and I'm fighting these thoughts. I'm praying against them. I could just pull over and smoke it right now and nobody would know. And you know, I didn't. I hung out with my friend and she was like, she and I were talking and, you know, um, she's like, let's, let's, let's um, ask for some forgiveness because, you know, if I've been saved from an old life and I try to go back, that's kind of like, it's kind of a little bit backhand of, of a gift I've been given of like, you know, some good stuff, you know? So I'm like, all right. Um, 
I told my friend Jamie and it was in my bag and I took it out. I gave it to her and I said, please help me throw this away. And she threw it away. She threw it away. And I did not do it. Praise the Lord. So I think the ultimate um, (laughs) (laughs) overarching story is that just because you went to TLTCon doesn't mean that you turn your life around and everything's fine and dandy and Mm -hmm. rainbows and... And it's all good now. Yeah, I, I still struggle with things. Um, learning to restructure my life, have a good sleep schedule. Um. And it's a slow process, hard process, but it's worth it. Yes. And and I've I've been seeing how you're like, I wish I could just fast forward. I wish I could just be the person that I, I know I'm meant to be. And, and I keep telling you, it has to be hard. You have to be working for it. If you got fast forwarded right now, you wouldn't appreciate it all. This, it's like... It's all a process. It's all a journey. And so now let's let's wrap up the show by talking about what you learned at TLT conference, what your experience at TLT conferences. We'll talk about that. Then we'll read your poem, and then we'll wrap wrap up the program. Okay. So what I learned a lot about forgiveness during TLT. I've been trying to um, get to a place where. I in my heart, I truly want to forgive for about three years. And then during TLT, um, we went over the, the structure of forgiveness and how important it is who in our life we can um, who, who in our life we can forgive to heal wounds inside of ourselves that uh, inside of ourselves that have been left open for a long time. You know, um, so it's not even forgiving for their sake, but for your own. Yeah. Yes. Um, I definitely feel like them being happy about forgiveness is a good thing as well, but it, it is for your own sake and your relationship with God because if, if you're forgiven for all, all things you've done or others forgive you, then shouldn't you also forgive? Mm. I think that's... And, that, and that was your takeaway. And I know that we've been talking a lot about God in this episode because... This is Riley's experience. I mean, this is... Yes. And and so we're being open and honest. We're not going to censor God or, or anything. But TLT Conference, it truly is um, open for everybody. And it's not a come to Jesus camp. It's not a, yeah. you know, come here and, and you know, where we're going to preach to you about God and, and you're going to get saved. It's, it's, it's a leadership conference where we're teaching emotional intelligence and... Yes. Your takeaway was the forgiveness. and, and It was a big part of it, for sure. Huge. And um, also learning where in my life I could have done better and how I can move forward and, and learning to do those things and um, accepting myself right where I'm at. That was a big thing I took away, too. Like, it is going to take time, and I do wish I could fast forward, but a big part is I'm still working on and practicing is accepting myself right now where I'm at and being content in that because I'm learning day mm. powerful stuff i feel like this has really i know that you came into this a little nervous a little shaky i feel that you've really relaxed and that you opened up and, and and this was an open honest combo that i hope our audience gleans a lot from i'm gonna have you read this poem about about nicotine okay thank you and then uh and then we're gonna wrap up the show i i hope you all have enjoyed it because yes. i know i have I really did get to see during camp um, or during TLT conference. I really did get to see that a lot of us 
and we talked about it earlier in the episode but really i really did get to see um just how much people are going through such a similar thing and that there are ways to get through it there are solutions that you don't have to sit in the same place and getting out uh, one of the big things with getting out of your comfort zone out of that circle expands the circle and then at some point you won't be that uncomfortable anymore until the next expand expanding of that circle that is one of my favorite takeaways from this camp when i went when i was 16 that was my number one thing and wow. i felt it to be so useful when it came to my stuttering in my speech and i took that nugget and i went back home and i was like all right every single day i'm going to talk to somebody that makes me stutter it makes me uncomfortable and so every day i would go talk to anybody that i could child elderly person uh, a classmate that i don't talk to like anywhere where i would stutter i would go out of my way to do that and each time i was like all right i didn't die like it's fine like like i'm okay like wow. yes yes every word i stuttered and they were like what the heck and they walked away feeling very confused oh my. but i did it good job and then each time over the years it got easier and easier and easier and now i'm speaking I just got hired for a speaking engagement at a college on stage. Congratulations. I got a pot. I, 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 I host this TLT podcast. Like, And you're so good. And I'm not stuttering. Seriously. It was work. It, it, it wasn't, I, I didn't grow out of it. Everybody in my whole life told me, you'll grow out of it. No, I had to work at it. I had to get out of that comfort zone every day. Expand that comfort zone circle. Wow. And you know, there's, there's this um, student at um, Pepper's Academy that also has a stutter in he was talking about how he's very uncomfortable with public speaking. You know, he's actually one of the kids running TL2 Club right now. And we talked to him about you and about how you've overcome this this um, old insecurity. Like, you've overcome it. You work against it. And it's very inspiring inspiring for people who are, are struggling with certain things in their life, you know. And um, it really helped It really helped him, like, get through it, I think. It gave him encouragement. And we told him, like... He does this amazing podcast. He speaks for TLT. Like, it was just really great. To that just reminded me, before we read your poem, I can't believe we didn't talk about this. Purpose Academy. Oh, yeah. This is like a huge part <laughs> of the show that we just totally <laughs> miss. You, so Purpose Academy is this middle school that we have TLT club at. Yes. And it's a student-run club where they do outreach programs. And we actually just did one. It was in a recent podcast. Uh, called Wisdom Keepers, where we got everybody in the club that's that goes to the school to go to an old folks' home um, and talk to the experienced people there. I don't like to call them old, experienced people there. Yeah, or elders. Elders. <laughs> Advanced. Advanced. And, and glean wisdom <laughs> yes. from them. They spoke to them for like two and a half hours, just hung out with them and gleaned. It was beautiful. It was so awesome. And so you have been stepping out of your comfort zone and going to the school and talking in front of this entire middle school, like doing these these assemblies. Yes, I actually did one with my mentor, Dea, from TLT. And um, yeah, we, sp- we spoke to these uh, middle schoolers about just part of my testimony, um, the power um, between life and death in the tongue. Let's actually cut to that clip because we got it. Yeah. Your words are powerful. What you speak is so powerful that it can cause someone to completely break down or someone to be completely lifted up. And the problem with our generation is that we're quick to say the negative. We're quick to complain. 
we're quick to type out a bunch of evil things. It, we don't think people are, are, are people anymore. We, we write out things and we hurt people's feelings and we insult them and all of that is not right. You're using your mouth. Your greatest weapon is your voice, your words. We walk around every day with the most powerful weapon that we have, our voice. And you can use it for good or you can use it for bad. And that's how important it is. Evaluate what you're saying, evaluate what you're, you're saying about other people because you can either lift people up or break them completely down. And that's the power we have. Wow, that was a good clip. Um, Agree. Dea is a fantastic mentor. She's wonderful. Yes. Amazing. So that was the assembly. And then you actually went back to their club. And, and yeah, what I, did you do there? Yeah, I actually went there yesterday. Um, I spoke on trust and the foundation of being a trustworthy leader and who are trustworthy, the, the most prevalent trustworthy leader that human history has ever had. And um, who's that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Talk about Jesus. Um Yeah, no, I mean Jesus he he really is the uh mentor of mentors. Indeed. As they say. The Lord. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. So I actually have an opportunity to get to work there as a mentor. At the school? At the school and be an educator's assistant in it. I know wow. they, they gave it to me right after I spoke. Um during that assembly a few weeks back. Wow, that is fantastic. so cool. So pretty much what you're saying is if you go to TLTCon, you be all in and go all out, you um, use the tools that were given to you, your life can transform and you can get a job? I know. <laughs> and move across the country by what a myself? Concept. What a concept. What a concept. Yeah. The great adventure. <laughs> That's, the great adventure. That's what our uh, that's what our founder has said since day one. The great adventure. Yes, the ultimate bite of life. Very cool. Yes. Very cool. Uh, All right. There's one more thing I wanted to say. Okay. Okay. Um, one important thing during that assembly that we talked about was because we were so vulnerable. Others, the the kids thought like, oh, I can be vulnerable too, and they came up and they asked for advice they asked for prayer they were comfortable talking about some deep stuff that they were going through and it was just very touching and um, it was a it was a great opportunity to get to um, show some of the kids in our generation or even in the younger generation um, that they're not alone that they are loved and that um, it's not forever that is awesome and when you go into that mindset and that in that headspace of being vulnerable you invite other people to do the same and that is everywhere you go, everything you do, whether you are positive or negative, you are inviting everybody around you to do the same. So yes. what impact do you want to have in this world? You want to be positive? You want to be negative? You want to be abundant? Share opportunity? When you share opportunity, more opportunity comes. When you share your testimony, more testimonies come. Invite people into that space. Yes. Boom. Yes. All Amen. right. This this poem that we've been hyping up the whole show oh, let's <laughs> so i have a few okay i have a few hit them um this one is about my addictions okay this one's about my addictions i took special time out of my day sometimes multiple to meet with you i had to be there the presence you brought to me only at the time meant to breathe you in then sigh you out 
for momentary satisfaction. If I got to the point where I had to sneak out just to spend time together, I would. Limped body, lung spotty. Sometimes I still think of you, but I want to forget about all the money that you used me for. You knew how to reel me in. Your aroma, your aroma lingers, clinging onto my clothes and my skin. Lusting after you is a sin. And do you remember the walks we used to take together? The tears, the outbursts of frustration when you weren't around or when I thought I lost you? when I couldn't feed you into my bloodstream. I enjoyed the sight of you, and my body felt as clouds vibrating into an empty-minded daze, simple. I shouldn't be flirting with you. This isn't a love letter. What you did to me was despicable. What you showed me could never compare to the comfort and peace that God has shown me. I pray I never touch you again. Wow. Oh my gosh, I was a little nervous. It was going to be cringy like we were talking about it earlier. That was <laughs> that, that was uh, um, uh, incredible. Thank you. Thank I you. now hear what you're saying about using your talents of writing. <laughs> Thank you. And drawing. That was very good. Thank you so that much. Was, that was very good. Thank you. All right, TLT. We were going to read another poem, but our all of our cameras just died. So now I'm filming this on, on my iPhone. And uh, you know what? We are going to end the show here. And so if you want to hear more of Riley's poems, I think we might just have to have her back on. So leave a comment below. Let us know if you made it all the way through the podcast. Give us some feedback on what you thought. If you enjoyed this, share it with your friends and see what they think. And maybe if you're feeling up to it, click the link below and come to TLT Conference 2023. It's going to be the best year yet. And that is a promise. So... Come on down, and uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Yes. Thank you so much. Like, subscribe, share. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. TLT Moving Podcast. (laughs) 